Welcome to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. I'm Nick Sinclair and this is the go-to podcast if you're an accountant and looking to set up and build a high-performing offshore team for your accounting firm. Here you can learn how to complement your local efforts, grow capacity and deliver more to clients than ever before. Hear from experts who have done it already. Let's go. I'm Michael Yusuf from HY Accounting and you're listening to the Outsourced Accountant Podcast. Michael, tell us a little bit about your business and the history and background of, of the accounting business. Yeah, great question, Nick. So um, HY Accounting was started by my dad back in 1999, Harry Yusuf. He was supported by my mum throughout. Uh, I, I firmly believe that behind every great man is an even greater woman and that was my mum. Uh, and so dad being a career accountant and mum, my mum also studied accounting as well. So they grew the business pretty much from the, off the back of just personal tax returns. Uh, and, you know, from that, the conversations turned into starting a business and growing a business. And so a lot of the, the natural, a lot of the clients that started with us as tax returns turned into business clients. And a lot of them have still stuck with us, even throughout a lot of the changes that we've made Sadly, he passed away in 2016 after fighting with cancer for 10 years. And so it was always kind of the plan for me to jump in and work with him. I've always wanted to run my own business. And so the idea was to eventually jump in and help him. I did study as an accountant. I did do my master's in accounting. Um, But I was working as a financial planner for CBA at the time. And so I had a conversation with my mum. I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep it? Do you want to sell it? You know, what do you want to do? And she said, no, I'd like to keep it because that was the business he started and he always wanted to leave it for you and, you know, you guys and so for myself and my siblings. Um, and so, yeah, she wanted to keep it. And so I said, well, do you need the help? And so she, and she said, yes, I do. So I decided pretty much at the end of 2016, early 2017, I said to CBA, see you later. You know, I'm I'm out. I'm gonna go committing full time to the family business. And yeah, since 2017 till now, it's been an amazing journey. Over that time, we went through a massive systems change, and we went from very old school dated software to everything now is cloud. Uh, everything's online. Uh, everything is is easy to use. I can access software wherever I am. You know, my mum often travels and so she'll take the, the Surface with her, the Microsoft Surface, and she'll log in overseas as well. We've got, you know, we're very security conscious as well. So, yeah, it's it's been really amazing from a pro systems and processes perspective. And at the same time, we've grown the business uh, and the headcounts. So we've gone from just myself and my mum to, to seven now in the last three years. And we've pretty much tripled the value of the business in that time. An amazing story and a real legacy um, for your father. So tell us a little bit about, obviously, you've grown the team significantly in the last three years you've been growing the business. Tell us a little bit of the overview of your team structure, both locally here in Australia and your offshore team. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, pretty much my mum is still, she's still, she's what I call, we call her the tax return queen. So she does, when it's tax season, which is fast approaching, she pretty much handles up to about 700 tax returns herself during that season. So she still manages our tax returns and does that side of the business. 
Um, and then there's myself and Brett, who's our technical director, and we oversee all of the compliance side. My wife was doing our marketing, um, but she's we've since had a baby, eight months old now, um, so she's stepped away from the business. So offshore, we've got now four. So the four started on Monday, but they're now in the team. They were in the team as of Wednesday. So they've been the the longest is Krizel, who's been in the business for two years. We've got Anna for one year. Maggie, who started in the business the day before Manila went to lockdown. It's now been three months. And yes, Cecile, who just, just started with us for a day. So it's four. So pretty much being up, what's that? Seven now, seven, eight. Yeah, that's amazing. And for those that are listening to this in 12 months or 24 months, this is right in the middle of the COVID period. So um, to double your team during that time is is phenomenal. So talking a little bit about your clients, Michael, do you have a niche? Yeah, so we were born, you know, being in Western Sydney, it's very trade focused, a construction tradey kind of sector. Um, and so the business was born about providing, you know, you know doing tax returns for tradies. Um, and yeah, so since then we've just grown and a lot of our clients have been in that construction and trade sector. Uh, I think a big part of our success was giving them that real world advice to help them succeed and grow and, you know, answering those key questions that they're wanting answered about their business because they may not necessarily understand what we do. You know, they still need to know at least at a high level so that they can, you know, they can continue to grow in their businesses. We're looking at testing different niches, testing our waters in more, you know, going from trades now into more marketing and creative types. Uh, but really, we're, we like to work with like-minded leaders. Um, and so we're looking we're looking to expand out into uh, our values. So looking at businesses that share the same values that we do, because you know, we can work really, really well when the clients that we work with share the same values that we do. It's just that rapport, that ability to build rapport and instant connection. And we can do great things when we when we all share the same values. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that. Uh, I 100% agree with that. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about the story of setting up your offshore team. What were the motivations originally behind doing this? You know, you've been with us two years and three months now. What were the original motivations versus obviously all the other priorities that were going on in your business? You've, you know, tripled the business or been doubling every year. So what was the main motivation that drove you to, to take the step to build an offshore team? Some really wise words from you know, a mentor of mine, Peter Lawson, and he said to me, and I suppose when I first started, there was a lot of insecurity around not being as technically proficient as other people. So, yeah, you can't, and that's why we, we, we looked at building a partnership with Brett, our technical director, because you can't replace 30 years of experience in, in three years. You need to kind of have 30 years of experience. You know, amazing piece of advice by Peter Lawson was the smartest thing you can do with your business is being the dumbest person in your business. And it took me a while to kind of... Um, you know, grasp it, but I, I, I have, and it's having the right people on the right seat on the bus. And so by having a, my offshore and outsource team, they can focus on the doing so I can focus on the growing, basically. There's always that story about, you know, taking jobs away from Australia, blah, 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 but, you know, it's the cost and attitude that I think is really important. Um, you know, my, the, the, the team that we've got is, is really phenomenal and they go above and beyond in every single every single job that we assign them to. Um, and we had, you know, a local resource, but, you know, the attitude was just night and day when you compare them. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the motivation behind it, you know, wanting to expand the team, grow the team, using it, do it in, like do it in a low cost, 
model um, and so allow me to focus on growing the business. Excellent. So how did you go about getting set up? How did you obviously find us as a partner, the recruitment, the onboarding? What was the process and how long did it take you to get through that? It was by fluke. I went to the Accounting Business Expo in 2017 and I wanted to go there because I needed to, to see, you know, coming into this industry fresh, um, even though I graduated but I'd never worked as an accountant, I needed to see what was going on in the industry, what was happening, you know, what are the big firms doing, what are the best of the best doing, who are, the, who are they, you know, liaising with, you know, what software is out there. And I came across your Latoa stand at the expo. I suppose just started chatting. I must have, I think I signed up to win a prize and obviously that's put me into the mailing list and it's kept me in contact with, with somebody from TOA and I just had that consistent follow-up with somebody at TOA. I honestly can't say I really did much research elsewhere. I think I was also a member of Panalytics at the time and Panalytics, part of their recommendations was using TOA as well. So I didn't really, honestly, truthfully, I didn't really do much research to find a partner. I just, the guy that I was dealing with at the time at TOA was a really good guy and um, he kept following up. He put me in touch with Peter Lawson and I came to a road show one day and yeah, and that was it. After that conversation, we started the process of, of hiring. Once we took on our the technical director, Brett, we kind of looked at the client base and reassessed the situation and we kind of needed someone to start. And that's where we started the process yeah, to take, take somebody on board. It was really simple, really, really easy. Um, we put the, the job description together and um, we let Toa take care of the rest and it was really simple. Um, you know, it was awesome to say, okay, here, here Michael, here are some candidates, you know, tell us what you want to do and, you know, we'll book them in and yeah, okay, let's book them in at this date. Yep, they'll accommodate. And yeah, just the whole process was really, really simple, really, really seamless. Um, we were we were there where we needed to be there. Um, you know, Toa was stepped in behind the scenes to make sure everything was happening smoothly. The training was good. We had them in the team. It was really effective. Um, yeah, so it was it was really simple. I suppose the only you're only you're a slave to your candidate. So if, you know the last one, the most recent one, person we've taken on was 30 days until they could move from their current employer. So that was really the only thing that holds you up. It's you know how soon do you want them, and if that person can jump into your team ASAP. Excellent, it's a good process. So for someone looking to set up an offshore team, what would be the advice that you would give them to help them move as quick as possible? What would be, you know, three of the most critical things you'd spend your time doing? Truthfully, like I'm the kind of person that chuck them in the deep end and learn to swim, which doesn't work for some, but works for others. And and in the, after the, now the fourth, um, what I've learned, is and like don't get me wrong i think coming seeing you know i had spoken with you nick like years back in 2017 you probably don't remember but i had spoken with you and i'd seen the been at the roadshow and i've taken a lot of the advice that you were you were saying on board you know have the you know have the role be specific in your requirements um start to document the process um and then commit that was i suppose my spin my spin is just to commit to the decision but yeah the my, my the three the probably the most the best advice i could give is have start with your end in mind so what's the outcome that you're wanting to achieve audit the role so be really really specific of the requirements to to create that job description that you want establish and document your process because that's you know that just makes life so much easier it's, and it, you're pretty much building infrastructure for any new hire and then commit to your decision um, I do not regret the decision to to use TOA and have an outsourced team in one at all. I, I am so 
happy with the experience. I'm so happy with my team. So, yeah, commit to it because, you know, I'm almost certain you'll share the same view. Yeah, some great advice there. So if you were to have a word or a phrase to describe the value that your offshore team provides to your business, what would it be? I guess the first thing that comes to mind is invaluable. I, I, I say to my team that I work for them, not the other way around, um, because I need them so that I can focus on doing what I do best, because there's no way that I could grow at the rate that we're growing at if I was in the doing. You know, it's it's my ability to to think into the future, to, to meet with new opportunities, to manage the onboarding process. It's the ability for me to focus on my strengths and for them to focus on their strength. It's really been invaluable to the business and I honestly firmly believe that I work for them more than they work for me. I love that concept. I mean, at uh, we have a philosophy around servant leadership and that's exactly that, is that you serve the people below you. They don't serve you the other way. Um, 100%. That's obviously, you know, why? You've got such a great team and been growing like you have. So when we talk about teams, and, and you know, I talk at a lot of events and I talk to a lot of accounting firms, a lot of firms struggle with putting together a people strategy. Have you mapped a people strategy for your business? And what sort of ratios do you see over the longer term um, for having onshore team members um, as well as your offshore team members? From day one, I kind of had an idea in my head and I've never really kind of put it down onto paper, but the concept has always been for every five offshore, one of those within the five will sit as the team lead and they will report to a local manager who then reports into the technical director, Brett. Uh, and that's kind of the model I like because you can kind of work in like a pod type structure. So every five becomes one pod, report them into a manager. How many managers, I haven't really figured out how many managers I need for every pod. So maybe one can manager can deal with 10 offshore or, you know, depend profit, profit pertaining, you can maybe go one to five. But the idea was that you would have every five have that local resource then reporting into the, the technical director. That's kind of been the way I'm, I'm planning it out. Excellent. Yeah. So the year ahead, what is your plan with your offshore team? You've obviously put on um, two new members recently. So how do you plan to keep growing your team, their individual capability and performance? Our admin executive, Maggie, that we took on, I think at that point I decided, okay, Michael, it's time to be a little bit more structured in your onboarding and training process. So, you know, it's now we're, we're really being mindful of starting to document and do a lot of videos around the, the process and the systems. So it's really just continuing to document those processes and systems so that we've got more consistency in, in how we do what we do. Continue to focus on their training and development. I think it's always part of our new starter presentation. Our, we have a big commitment to our team, whether onshore and offshore, it's just to make them the best professionals that they can be. If they do decide to leave, and I hope they never do, but if they do decide to leave, I can they can leave knowing that we have given them the skills they need to be unbelievably effective at any role that they they set themselves out to. Um, you know, we're making them very well-rounded accountants, and I think the, the feedback that I've got across all the team that I've got, they're able, they work on a client kind of start to finish. They don't just work on a specific area. They work on a client from the books all the way to, you know, the prep of the tax return, the prep of the financials. And so that ability, it's, it's kind of developing their, their skills really rapidly, and it's getting them to think as a well-rounded accountant. Uh, at the same time, in order to continue to, to, to grow the team, I'm going to keep spending on marketing to, to grow and continuing my market research. I'm always a student of the market. I'm a student of life in some respect. And so I'm always learning. I'm always wanting to learn you know, about the market that I'm in and my niche and how do I better 
communicate with them? How do I better create, craft a marketing message that resonates with them? How do I communicate in language that they understand? So it's, it's really about growing the marketing spend and so that way I can continue to grow my team. Uh, and then developing myself as a leader uh, because a business will never outperform the psychology and skill level of its leader. So it's really focusing on me and developing my skills to, to be the leader that I need to be to support a growing business and a growing team. Yeah, I love that. I mean, one of the one of the sayings that I've said right from day one of um, both the, the outsourced accountant and, and prior to that when I had my accounting firm was anyone that I employ, I want to make them a better person. And whether their mm -hmm. journey with us is, you know, one year, two year or 10 years, um, you know, hopefully the longer the better. But, you know, when they do leave eventually to, to go somewhere else or do their next um, journey or adventure, that they do walk out being a better person, not just a better technician. That philosophy that you have is, I mean, why you will retain your team. Um, by investing in them so much. You said something really interesting there and, and pre-recording um, you also mentioned, I, I want to ask you this. So during um, the times that we're in, which is COVID, uh, I've seen two forms of, I suppose, two ways that accounting firms have gone. They've either um, shrunk and reduced or they've um, grown and thrived. And, and you mentioned, I mean, obviously you've put on two team members, so you've doubled your offshore team. Um, during this period of time. What have you been doing to grow and attract new clients during, you know, one of the biggest pandemics in history um, and in a time where other accounting firms or competitors are, are reducing their clients, they're reducing their revenues, um, they're putting staff off. Um, what have you done differently? There's a, there's a really cool kind of quote that I like. During times of uncertainty, people flock to certainty. Um, and during times of crisis, people flock to certainty. And when this when this pandemic started, it was very much I saw this as a, 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 a like a like an amazing opportunity to reposition ourselves in the market. Um, you know, I've been saying this that it's this is like the great leveling event for businesses because businesses that were once massive have now been cut down to size, and small businesses have dropped off. And but you've got some small businesses that have held steady. You know, so there's more level playing field at the moment. And I was mindful of that from the outset. And I thought, well, this is a great opportunity for us to now reposition ourselves in the market as a leader, as an authority, um, as a as a beacon of hope and certainty to our clients and to just the, out, the, the business community. And so that's what we did. And so, you know, for a good month, two months, I was doing seven days a week. Um, I was glued to the news, not the news about fear, because I think, I think clients, like, oh, don't get me wrong, there was a point in during this pandemic that I was subscribing to fear, and that was because I was the, um, the, the, the energy dump, I like to say, for clients. You know, I was getting the phone calls of, oh, my business is suffering, I think I have to close, and you know, I was getting a lot of those types of phone calls, and so that their fear was being transferred onto me. Um, but because I had done a lot, like I've been doing work on myself and my mindset and developing my mindset as a leader, you know, while I did subscribe to it for about a week or two, I was quickly able to snap out of it and go back to back to what was my my inspiration and motivation. And during this crisis, just been to provide hope. And yeah, like yeah, I was working really long hours, seven days a week, you know, digesting all the stimulus stuff. You know, being, you know, posting videos, you know, you know, there's a few videos of the earlier stuff on, on YouTube that we were putting out there, hosting webinars. We started a Facebook group, which has about 300 people, which, yeah, which, to be honest, I'm a bit, a bit slack and I have to get back into promoting that. Um, but, 
you know, we were, we did Facebook Lives, and we were very much, you know, focused on supporting. It's you, in a time like this, you got to serve first and sell second. That's that's how it was. That was my logic behind it. It was it was we got to get out there and we just got to serve the community. We just got to let the business community know that we're here to help. Um, you know, just I don't care, just whatever they need, we're here to help. You know, reciprocity is the key at a time like this, and I think that really paid dividends. Um, you know, we stepped up our marketing effort as well to support it. So it was very much, you know stepping up our marketing to say, hey, look, we're here to help during this time. We're here to support you. You know, we're here to, you know, do prepare business continuity plans. We're here to review your accounts. We're here to help you get ready for any stimulus benefits. We're here to clean up your books so you can get stimulus. Um, we're here to take the stress away from you, basically. And I think that reciprocity and that that call to action and that willingness to serve, I think that was the reason why we've grown. We've had some of our biggest months in the last couple months, uh, which is what prompted us to take on another team member uh, because, you know, we were just really active out there promoting and and serving the business community. There's some great stories in what you just said, and I 100% agree with that. You know, we're here to serve our clients, and, and obviously the way that you have served them through this time has enabled you to grow and flourish through a time where other competitors in, in the same marketplace are, are really struggling. So well done on how you've managed through that. Um, so just going back to the top three tips for managing your offshore team, what would they be um, for someone listening that may not have a global team at the moment? What would be your three top tips for managing an offshore team? Lead by example would be my first. Um, that's really, really powerful is to lead by example. You know, I like, the, you know, the, the, the famous quote, be the change you want to see. So it's kind of in the same respect of leading by example, leading from the front, you know, leading, not leading from the rear. It's it's serving your team first and foremost. Um, what I mean when I say leading by example, like we've, the girls that we've taken on, the team, it's, we've heard some really kind of like horror stories in terms of how they, they were dealt with in the past. Um, you know, a lot of, like one of them was the, the, the most recent, the most recent person we've taken on. You know, she was being, during COVID, she was forced to work during her annual leave. She was forced to use her annual leave to work. And then there was a chance that she was going to be, be working even unpaid annual, unpaid leave. And so that's just not on. And then there was another, another incident like prior, some of them, they were on holidays, but they were forced to work while they're on holidays. And so they would still, it's a holiday. What's, what's the point in having a holiday if you still have to work? And so I think that care and that respect that we have for them are probably my two best, two next tips is just treat them right. Treat them like people. They're not, you know, my offshore team is, is, is so important. They're not just numbers. They're not, they're not just people that sit halfway across the world that just do a process. No, they're people. You, you treat them with respect. You treat them with care. You make sure that their values align with the values of your business because that's when they do their best work. Um, and I think that's, what's made our team so effective is that I lead by example, I give them the care that they need. So whatever, if they need something, we, we get it for them. Um, and I respect them. I respect them as, as individuals. I expect respect them as professionals. And yeah. You know, some great advice there. So one of the things I know a lot of um, accounting firms when they first start offshoring struggle with is how do they measure success of their offshore team? So what are the KPIs that you use to know whether the team is being successful yeah see this is where my this is where my my uh this is where my i guess the lack of years working in an accounting firm will start to show um i suppose the simplest kpi is, is just get it done and do a good job at it 
And so that's probably that's all it is. It's just about output. You know, it's just delivering delivering a result. What we've started to look at is your turnaround time. So how soon from pickup of a job is it finished? I really don't like pickup put down, and I really don't like rework. So that's the next one is rework. So we look at measuring rework and then just overall productivity. So looking at you know the the, the timesheets, looking at the job job reports. So yeah, combination of those three, so turnaround time, rework and productivity, that's how we measure the success of our team. We still take into account that there's a lot there's training. So I'm very mindful of the fact that, you know, we're always developing our team. So, you know, timesheets may grow like the, the amount of time put on a job may grow, but I'm mindful of the fact that there's training in that time. But yeah, so yeah, like I said, turnaround time, rework and productivity are probably the main three KPIs that we measure. Yeah, there's some good ones there, particularly the rework one. I like that one. So we've talked a lot about obviously the benefit to the business of having a global team and an offshore team. How has the offshoring benefited your clients? I honestly, I don't really think they care as long as you get the job done. That could be just my opinion, but I think it's just output. You know, they clients come to us, you know, because they want a result in any business. You know, the, the reason why businesses exist is because the business can get their client, their client or customer to the, their desired result faster than the client could do it themselves. And so I think, you know, as long as we're able to produce a result within the time frame that they need it done, um, that's always going to be a benefit to them. So all the communication is still done on shore by myself and Brett. So a lot of the, the doing is done by our, our offshore team, but everything still comes in-house. Everything is still checked in here. The communication is still done in-house, um, but it still benefits clients because they get, you know, they're getting the work done really well. They're getting it checked really well, and then we're able to still output it, you know, really effectively. You know, you do have some clients that are hesitant. Um, we've got a couple that are like, no, I'd prefer to have a local person working on it. But in some respect, it's, you know, if I position that, I, my fee has to, you know, triple then if that's the case to have somebody on shore i don't think they'd stick along stick around much longer as as a client um but i think it's just results do you know what i mean like should a client care if if you're getting an, the desired result no and i and i 100 agree and i think that what's more than likely been evident within your business is that you've been available to talk to clients during these COVID times and the work is still being done by the team offshore. So we've spoken to a lot of accounting firms that their team are all locally are talking to clients so they haven't got any work done for the last four to six to eight weeks, which is one of the challenges when you when you have the structure the wrong way around or what I call the wrong way around. So how has offshoring contributed to giving you and your local team uh, more time personally? Has it actually given your um, Australian team more work-life balance at all? <laughs> my mum, yes. So definitely my mum, and which is awesome because she can look after my son a little bit more now. Um, so that so she's got <laughs> more benefit. Work yeah, yeah, yeah. So that definitely helps. As far as Brett, I don't. I think so. Like you know, I'm very, very I'm easygoing, but I still require things get done. Like it's it's still, but you know, it's a give and take kind of relationship. So you know, I think Brett's still got that work life balance. Um, he knows that. It's a give and take game. If he stays back a few extra hours, I give him back a few extra hours. If he if he's worked hard, you know, over a few weeks, I'll just give him a day off. In fact, during COVID, because I knew the team was working so hard, I basically said to all of them, take Friday off and have a long weekend. 
um, and that's on me because you guys have worked so hard and you've put in extra hours and work-life balance, particularly working at home, kind of you blur the lines a little bit. So, you know, I just said to them, you know what, go away for the weekend, like not go away, but like, you know, just take the weekend off. Don't be on teams. Don't be on zero. Don't be on anything. Just go away. Um, and don't think about it and we'll come back Monday and just recharge your batteries. So I think it's just that game of give and take. I think it's really important. As far as I'm concerned, no. Like I work hard to continue to grow the team and grow the business so I can keep my team employed, keep providing opportunities for new team members, supporting and, and supporting clients. And probably the biggest piece of feedback I've gotten from my team is I work too hard and I need to take a break. I hear the same thing, so <laughs> it's good that we have the same values there. <laughs> so with um, obviously having or well, the business has been growing significantly over the last three years, your local team and your offshore team, has the offshoring had an effect on the profit to the business? 100%. Um, you know, if, what do you think a, a senior accountant is worth here in Australia? Yeah, 80000 There you go. You know, for us, you can, I'm going to get a senior accountant through TOA for substantially less um, so I can have, you know, how many senior accountants in, in TOA for the same cost of having one here. Um, and let's be real, like this is a thing, I'm, I'm very much an advocate for artificial intelligence, you know, completely disrupting our industry. In fact, if anybody's listening that they work with somebody in artificial intelligence, let's have a chat because I would really love to build an AI that will kind of do the, the grunt work of accounting automatically. It might, but because you still need the people to come in behind the scenes and you still need the people to interpret the data, but the processing element is still very much automated. Like look at all the rules that you can set up in accounting software anyway, like to start with, um, and all these softwares coming out that, you know, it's got kind of predictive intelligence and it will kind of spit out, oh, your cash flows are suffering or your debtors are out, your, your, your creditors are out, all that kind of stuff. You still need the, the, the smarts to interpret the numbers and provide really high value added advice. You can do that potentially onshore or have really skilled offshore people doing that. But if you were to have it all onshore, it's just going to really eat into your profit. And you just got to do a lot more sales and build a lot more revenue to 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 make to, to kind of accommodate for that so yeah definitely i definitely believe that um having my team having a big majority of my team outshore has made a big difference to our profit because the guys that are onshore are now doing the, the value added work they're doing the they're doing the high level they're doing the technical work they're doing the detailed work and our offshore team is handling that day-to-day -day, that process that op that kind of i guess you could call it grunt work but it's still so very important um that doing ability so that the onshore team can really just deliver on adding value and providing value-added advice. Yeah, 100% agree. So my next question is a little bit um, different to the previous one. So what's one bit of advice that you would give your younger self, either from a personal or a business perspective? First thing that comes to my mind is stay humble. Have a bit of a, t like I could be that, I've got that kind of personality stuff where I can be a little bit arrogant. I think it's, it's always, always remember to stay humble. I think, and coming to my mind now, I think the other piece of advice I could give is invest in yourself. Um, that is really, really, actually, when I think about it, that's probably the most important part. That's the key piece of advice. When I first, honestly, when I first took over the business, I was, I was driven by fear. And don't get me wrong, like, fear is a powerful motivator, right? You know, it can definitely, fear is, can definitely be the catalyst to take action, but it's, it's not a sustainable, it's definitely not a sustainable fuel source. 
And so I think focusing on my mindset and developing myself as a leader is something that you might not you can't you might not be able to measure it on paper, but you'll just measure it in how you in how you operate, you know, your mindset, your belief systems, your values. I think, yeah, if I was to go back, I would say to myself, be humble and focus on developing you as a leader. Yeah, 100% love it. So what's the biggest myth or objection that you've heard about having an offshore team and is it true? The first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you're taking jobs away from Australia. How many times have you heard that once? No, <laughs> it's a common one. It's going to be yeah. more, far, <laughs> more far from the tree. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So for someone looking to grow their business or their team, what's the best piece of advice that you've um, heard and implemented that you could pass on to someone? Identify what inspires and motivates you. That, I think, is so important. There's, you know, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. It's really, it's been a really powerful book in, in, in the way I run my business. You know, identifying why you do what you do, not what or how, because that's really, that stuff's really easy, but why? Um, and I think identifying your why comes by, start, you start by doing that by looking at your inspiration and motivation, looking at your pa- passion, your purpose and your mission and your vision. And I think all of that in combination will allow you to find your why. And when you can communicate from your why, things just, things just happen. You know, you're just in flow. You're just, you're, what you say externally resonates with what you say internally resonates with how people perce- you're perceiving you. Yeah, so just remember that. Remember your inspiration. Remember your motivation. Identify your passion. Identify your purpose and your mission and your vision, and let that guide you. And let that be. Let when things are dark, look back on it and, and reflect on it, and always be growing it and always be expanding it you're going to grow as a leader, you're going to grow it in your business. And so you're, those things will, will kind of, ch- may not change, but some of them will as you become more refined. But yeah, that, that's where I'll probably start. I love it. Couldn't agree more. I love Simon Sinek and, and all of his material content, videos, books, everything he does um, is brilliant. Yeah, so there was so. absolute, there was heaps of takeaways that I personally took from today's um, podcast. And I know that many of the listeners will, will have many as well. If anyone wanted to reach out to you, talk about um, the AI or anything that we've covered today, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, so www.hyaccounting.com.au, that's our website. Um, send us an email at inquiries at hyaccounting.com.au. Email me personally at michael at hyaccounting.com.au. That's michael with an A-E-L, not an E-A-L. Um, link, uh, we're on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash hyaccounting. Facebook, it's facebook.com slash hyaccounting. Instagram, it's instagram.com slash hyaccounting. So you can see there's a little bit of consistency there. If you go to Google and type in hyaccounting, we'll be there. Yeah, so feel free to, to reach out. Happy to have a chat. Happy to support other other businesses and through this. Feel in general, happy to just answer questions and be there to support you. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for everything that we've covered off today and all the nuggets of gold that you've provided to our listeners. So thanks heaps, Michael. Thank you so much, Nick, for having me. It was, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been really fun. To follow our podcast and get insights from leading accountants, simply visit theoutsourcedaccountant.com or visit iTunes or SourCloud and head to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. To connect with me personally, just look for my Twitter handle, at Nick Q Sinclair or find me on LinkedIn at Nick Sinclair. Thanks and have a great day.